Hey, I want to start this morning a little bit differently. I know um, normally you're used to hearing someone come up the front and talk for, you know, 30, 40 minutes, but I want to start this morning with a bit of an experiment. Is that okay? Okay, sweet. That's everyone has given permission. Um, so I, um, I need a couple of volunteers. Um, so I've volunteered our interns. Come on down, interns. <laughs> So if you haven't met them before, this is Tash who's coming down now. She was singing this morning, and I'm bringing down Albert as well, who is on AV. Um, they are legends. Um, Tash has been an uh, intern uh, probably a few months longer than Albert, so she is the senior intern. Um, <laughs> uh, but they are both awesome. So um, I'm going to need everyone to listen carefully for how this morning's experiment is going to go. So we have two teams. And Albert, you are going to be on the blue team, and Tash, you're going to be on the yellow team. So Albert, your job is to get people to join the blue team. And the way they join this team is when they get an inflated balloon from you, an inflated blue balloon. Um, so you are going to do the pumping for them, and you've got this balloon pump down here, pretty high tech. Um, and so that'll hopefully help you with speed and also staying conscious. Um, so, so you can only carry one balloon at a time. So you're going to take a balloon, pump it up, give it to someone, okay? So everyone, if Albert gives you a balloon, you don't have to do anything. You just take the balloon, you're on the blue team, cool? Okay, Tash, your job is to get people on the yellow team. So they join the yellow team when they have an inflated yellow balloon, but you don't have a balloon pump, sorry. Um, <laughs> so you're, what you're going to do, you're going to take an empty balloon to someone, and they are going to blow it up. Um, if, they, if you can't do that for whatever reason, Tasha's there to help you. Um, she'll, she'll stick around to make sure that you can get it inflated and tie it up. But, so this part is where you have to listen carefully. Once, if Tash gives you a yellow balloon, or if anyone gives you a yellow balloon, you blow it up, you tie it up, now you can come up and get another balloon as well and find someone else to give it to, okay? So once someone's given you a yellow balloon, you blow it up and tie it up, now you can come and get another one, and Tash will go and get another one and find someone else to do it, okay? Is that pretty clear? Okay, so remember, if you're on the yellow team, remember to stay and help out that person get their balloon inflated, okay? Um, if you'd rather not come up the front and get a balloon, or if you can't do that for whatever reason, that's fine. Just um, let the person know who gave you a yellow balloon. Okay, so remember, if you get a blue balloon, just chill out, your job's done, you're on the blue team. If you've got a yellow balloon, blow it up, come up and get another one, find someone else to give another one to, and you can keep doing that, repeat. Okay, you ready for the experiment? Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> okay, so Albert is pumping away here. He's doing pretty good. Um, so Atash, you just got to stay and make sure that they're um, make sure that they've got their balloons pumped up. Okay, okay. So that's a pretty um, yeah. I suppose it is inflated. Yeah. All right. We have one person on the blue team, and we've got two people on the yellow team. I should have got some background music, really, but uh, I'm, I'm sure this is really riveting. This is much better than daytime TV. All right, we've got a few more people on the yellow team now. Yeah, come up and grab another balloon. And, okay, so there's, there's three people on the blue team now. Wow, they're doing well. All right, there's some action happening over that side. 
And you're, you're not limited to this area. You can spread out if you want, if you want to draft some other people for the blue team further out. All right, it's all happening. Oh, they're coming up in big numbers now. I see a lot of yellow balloons being inflated. Do we have any background music we can put on? Dun, 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 dun. All right, I'm going to give us two more minutes before I'm going to call time on this. The blue team is up to four people. Wow. Oh, wow, the blue team's made it into the center section. And the yellow team's really rolling out. Oh, I've joined the yellow team. <laughs> this was not part of the plan. <laughs> All right, one more minute. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a non-contact sport. <laughs> Oh, we have a yellow team casualty. Okay, 30 more seconds. <laughs> All right, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And time is up. All right, well done, everybody. Why don't you give our interns a hand? Give them a big clap. Woo! Thank you, Tash. Thank you, Albert. And thank you, Sound Navy guys, for, for the background music. Okay, so, it's a little bit too close to call. <laughs> That's going to happen for the rest of the morning. Um, and I knew that was going to happen, so we'll soon see who the well-behaved ones are here but I can see you all. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a little bit too close to count. We might have to get an official count. Now, how many people are on the blue team? Wave them nice and high. Wow, okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All right, nice. And how many people on the yellow team? Give us a big wave. All right, there they are. Awesome, okay. Well, let's see in our experiment. Um, the blue team, you could say, had the superior technology, right? They had their fancy balloon pump. Um, but the yellow team, they were mobilized and everyone got to participate in the spread of this thing. And look at the difference between our blue team. I, I kind of stitched Albert up here, so you did great, man. Um, um, look at the difference between our blue team where they had one superstar who was doing all the work. He had the technology. He was the guy. Versus the yellow team where every person who joined the team was activated. See, when people were given a blue balloon, their, their team changed. They became part of the blue team. But when people got given a yellow balloon, their role changed. They actually became an active member. And because of this, the yellow team were able to reach more people and, and spread further as well. Look, we've got a yellow balloon up the far corner there with Lee. Um, and where are the blue balloons? They're kind of just around here in this corner. <laughs> so... Um, I didn't just come here to give you balloons. Um, today we're continuing this mini-series that we've been in um, all around kingdom values. And um, these are things that are really important to us as, as followers of Jesus because they are important to Him. 
And look, when we talk about the kingdom of God, um, or God's kingdom, like we have been for the last few weeks, um, we're not talking about something limited to a physical space or a country. We're talking about the dynamic reign of God over heaven and earth. We're talking about this reality where wrongs are put right and brokenness and disease are put to death. This is the kingdom that we're talking about. And here's what I want to speak to you today about, that this kingdom, it's not static. It's not for hiding away. It's not just here. It's spreading. It's growing. It's advancing. And God has decided to use his church, which includes us, to spread the good news of Jesus around. Being part of this kingdom means reaching out to others. It means sharing hope, sharing faith, sharing love with other people. And it means telling the good news of new life in Jesus. Sound okay? Awesome. Hey, um, I'm just aware as well, if you're joining us today and um, you're not a Christian or you don't um, say that you, you'd be following Jesus with your life, we, we love that you're here. We love that you've joined us this morning. Um, and I'm going to be talking... Um, what I'm talking about today is more towards people who are saying, yep, I've decided to follow Jesus with my life. This is how I want to live, um, a life following God. So um, hopefully there's something for you here too to take away. So Jesus used a lot of different metaphors to describe what the kingdom of God is like. Um, he didn't use yellow and blue balloons. <laughs> That's one of mine. Um, but he used some other images. Um, and we're going to look into one here from Luke 13, 31. It says, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. So mustard seeds um, are tiny. I was going to bring one along this morning, but then I thought, that's pointless, because no one can see it. Um, but, <laughs> but this metaphor is for spread for movement, um, starting from a tiny thing, um, the small movement of, of one person with a group of disciples spread throughout the whole world. And, and the, picture of is, the picture is of growth that's almost uncontrollable. Um, some historians have noted that the mustard plant, it grew so fast that it was considered to kind of have dangerous takeover properties. It was like a weed. And to, to um, give us a an analogy for that of this next slide. Do any of you recognize this? Kaikuyu grass. Um, and technically, this is a weed because it spreads so much and it's so hard to get rid of. Um, it's got dangerous takeover properties. And this is what Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is like. It spreads. It advances. Um, straight after that, he told them another parable um, in Luke 13, 33. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. And again, this is a parable of movement, of growth, of spreading. And yeast is a living organism. Just a tiny amount would make a huge difference to the whole thing. So God's kingdom isn't static. It's not something we keep hidden away or, or keep to ourselves. In fact, we couldn't even do that if we tried, because it's in God's nature to reach out to those who are far away from Him. His plan is always for growth, for expansion, for more. And when, so when we talk about reaching out to those who don't 
yet know God, um, this isn't something that's kind of an add-on extra. This, we're not talking about like a peripheral add-on to the kingdom. It's at the very core of God, which means it's at the very core of who we are. Um, you know, a while ago, uh, we introduced these four areas of things that we do here at Coast. We connect, we grow, we serve, and we go. And it was important for us to add go as one of these key things that we do, that we go and love our community, that we go and take this kingdom into our world, um, because this is the core of who we've called, been called to be. So, I mean, you could think that if it's this important to God, surely wouldn't he just like zap everyone and they would all get it? Um, <laughs> it would be much easier that way. Uh, but he's not interested in us being mindless robots. He wants us to be engaged in his mission of reaching all people. He wants active followers. Uh, he wants us to partner with him in telling the world the good news of Jesus. We see this in Jesus' parting words to his disciples, um, which were his closest followers. So in this part of the Bible that's come to be known as the Great Commission, in Matthew 28, 18, it says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is Jesus. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So this is very much a yellow balloon kind of plan, right? Remember, when people were given a blue balloon, their team changed, right? But when people were given a yellow balloon, their role changed. And Jesus is saying to his disciples, you're to go and make more disciples. He's saying to his followers, go and make more followers. This is for all of us who choose to be followers of Jesus. Um, now, I want to I speak to you this morning on this. Um, and we're, I mean, we're always limited for time on a Sunday morning. But I've, I felt like it was important to say that I'm not talking on this as someone who's got this, this down. And I'm like the superstar evangelist. I, I'm speaking to you this morning about this because I know that this is so close to the heart of God and I'm, I'm so passionate to see all of us activated to change our community, to bring God's good news to a world that needs it. And for those of us who are here as followers of Jesus, we're all, we're all here, we're all part of the story because someone somehow told us this good news. Um, you know, I think it was a week or two ago, um, there were some crazy low prices at the Millwater Gull station. Did anybody get in on that? Yeah, a few hands went up. It was going all over the Hibiscus Coast Facebook page. And um, people couldn't help sharing this because they were like, this is good news. There were queues out the, out the front of it. I couldn't understand it. Um, but, you know, when people have something good to share about, they can't help but tell people about it. We have something better than the Gull Millwater station. We have news that, that nobody is an accident, that we were born with a purpose, a, a purpose of knowing our God who made us, that Jesus died to bury our wrongs and to bring us back into relationship with God. Not for, just for a future hope, which we have. We have a future hope, but for a transformed life now too. And we get to participate. We get the life of the Holy Spirit in us. That's good news. Okay, so what I'm going to look at today um, is that God's plan is to use us to bring his kingdom to everyone, 
every day, everywhere. So there should be a slide for that. All right, there it is. Um, and these, this kind of little framework or this phrase is, uh, I've stolen it from, uh, well, I heard it from Causeway Coast Vineyard. And they've, it meant so much to them that they made it part of their, their mission statement, what they're all about. Um, but I've seen it around different places, but I thought this really sums up the scope of God's mission that he's asking us to join in on. Everyone, every day, everywhere. And I think this is a helpful way for us to remember what we're called to be. Okay, so we're going to start off with everyone. We're called to reach out to everyone. Um, in Mark 16, 15, um, Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel, which is the good news, to all creation. All creation. That's a pretty large quantity. <laughs> That's a lot. All of creation. But here's the thing. It also means a massive variety of people. So let's come back to our yellow balloon example, right? Yes, they, yes there's obviously more people who got a yellow balloon. Um, but it also would have reached a greater variety of people. So imagine, we're not going to do this, but imagine if we got everyone here who was wearing denim to, to come up to the front and show what kind of balloon they had. Do you think there would be more yellow ones or more blue ones? What about if it was the number of teenagers who had a yellow balloon or the number of people who live in Gulf Harbor who, who have a yellow balloon? See, if we're all engaged, we can reach a greater variety of people. And we need to bring the kingdom to a huge variety of people. The Apostle Paul, who, um, who wrote a lot of the letters that we find in the New Testament, he understood this. He wrote this in 1 Corinthians 9.22. He wrote, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. And if you dive into that passage a little bit more, um, you'll find that Paul isn't talking about watering down the message of Jesus or, or compromising values but he's talking about presenting this message in a way that's relevant to the people he's trying to reach. It's, a be, it's about being aware of his context. Uh, the vineyard in the USA, um, they include this in their core values too, which they refer to as culturally relevant mission, which sounds like some big words, but this is what they write. The church exists for the sake of those who are exiled from God. We are called to bring the gospel of the kingdom to every nook and cranny of creation, faithfully translating the message of Jesus into language and forms that are relevant to diverse people and cultures. To this end, we promote a creative, entrepreneurial, and innovative approach to ministry that is faithful to Jesus and expressive of his heart to reach those who are far away from God. So this means that variety is good. This means variety is good. We carry the kingdom of God into every area that we go. And if we're going to go and reach everyone, all of creation, then we need every type of Christian to be active members. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was up at Maharangi Vineyard, which is um, a bit further north, and um, they were talking about this um, small group they had. Um, I've got a photo on the next slide. Um, and they had been part of this thing called the 24 Lemons Race. Um, and it's a 24-hour race at Hampton Downs where everyone who enters, they have to bring a car that's worth $1,000 or less. 
Um, and they're allowed to do a few little mods to it, but then they do this 24-hour race, and you know, it's really just to see if they can even last for 24 hours. Um, but this was a team, a small group from Maharangi Vineyard, who went and competed in this event, um, partly for the fun of it, um, but partly because they got to rub shoulders with a lot of different people through doing it. And when people there at the event found out that they were from a church, um, they started getting all these questions. They, they didn't even really have to, they weren't promoting that. It's just people found out and they said, oh, what sort of church is that? <laughs> you know, what, what brings you guys here? What, why have you chosen to do this? And, and they were telling the stories up at their church about how they had had some great conversations about faith just from being there and being part of this event. Um, you know, some of you are looking at that like, yeah, okay, we're entering a team next year. Um, you're welcome to use my car. Um, um, Matt was talking earlier about this outreach, this monthly outreach that we've got coming up. And um, look, it's another example of just trying to, to meet people where they are. If we're out walking about, they might need a bottle of water. Okay, well, we'll do that. Um, at the markets, they might be interested in coffee and tea. And it's just a place where we can meet people and start to have conversations in, in places where it's actually happening. We've got all sorts of different ways of doing this. We've got, um, I was just thinking of the breakfast club that meets on Tuesdays for, for caregivers of preschoolers. And they get, to get, they get together, they have breakfast, they kind of meet people from the community, they hear great input. But it's another chance just to, to bump into people and have great conversations. Um, we have people who go and mentor in high schools, and they're, they're walking along these kids and, and getting opportunities to have conversations there too. Oh, look, the, the list is huge, but every one of us has a sphere of influence, right? We all have this sphere where we, we have the opportunity to have these conversations. Uh, it might be with your workmates, your friends. Um, if you're part of a a club, like, I don't know, a table tennis club or something. You're hanging out with them. Your next-door neighbors. Um, the other parents of your kids' sports teams. God's given you those spheres of influence to carry the kingdom into. Um, and if we're going to reach everyone, all of creation, then who can you take your yellow balloon to? One way to go about this, an easy way to start opening these doors, is simply just to do what you love and invite people along with you. Um, do things that you'll be able to bring other people alongside you with. And if you're genuine friends with people and show them love, you will get opportunities to talk about faith. You could book a fishing trip and invite someone along. You could have people around for an All Blacks game, or even better, invite them along to the hub and come and watch it with us. Um, find people to go for a bushwalk with. Play music with people. Invite people over for a meal or a board game. But it's important for us to remember that every person that we come across, every person is made for a connection with God. They're wired for it. Some of you might have been around when we had uh, a guy called Ben McGregor up from uh, Christchurch. And he came, he's a young guy, um, but he just loves going out on the street talking to people about Jesus. You can't stop him. Um, and he came up and did a session with us, um, and we went out into Silverdale and just tried to see what would happen. Just started talking to people and um, sparked up a conversation. And we were only out for about 30 or 40 minutes, 
But we just had all these stories of people saying, yeah, I want to know more about God. And other people who said, yeah, I want to, I want to follow Jesus. And other people who said, no, I don't want to borrow of it. But that was okay. Um, there was a hunger that we encountered. And it was really simple just to go out and take a step. Okay, so we reach out to everyone. Just miking up my belly button at the moment. Okay, so we reach out to everyone. Um, the next part of it is that we reach out every day. Um, so you might notice that I've split up the words every and day. And um, I have to confess here that I'm a bit of a word nerd. Um, I love words and I love grammar. Um, so I hope we can still be friends. <laughs> um, but did you know they actually have a different meaning if it's one word or two words? Okay, so, but I think both of them can be helpful for us. So if we split it into two words, every day, it's two words meaning each day, right? Um, if you, it's an adverb phrase. <laughs> um, so, for example, I brush my teeth every day. I used to exercise every day, that kind of thing. Or we have opportunities to share the good news of God's love each and every day. Um, it's not just for special occasions or just for Sundays. Um, we are challenged to be listening, to be ready each and every day, to look for opportunities to share. Um, so many of these opportunities actually come as like little mini interruptions to our schedule, right? I was, um, I was on a plane down to Wellington recently, and... Um, I, you know, I was kind of tired, just wanted to, to get down there. Um, I'm also a talker, so I probably will talk to the person next to me. Um, anyway, I got talking to this lady on the plane and I ended up hearing how she had, she'd had faith in the past. She'd kind of walked away from that and was living in a different way. But she felt like God was really getting her attention recently. And even that week, she'd prayed with a friend for the first time in years. And then she, she said to me, she was like, you know, it's funny that we're having this conversation now. It feels like God's trying to get my attention. And I said, yeah, maybe he is. <laughs> and we talked a little bit more about faith there. Um, but it's just in those little moments where we can either choose to just shut off and do our own thing or look for opportunities in the everyday, each and every day, to reach out. Um, I was really challenged um, the other week. I hope this is okay to share this again. Ruth got up the front and talked about not using the BP Me app, but going and talking to a person in the gas station. Um, and, oh, yeah, that was challenging for me because I'd been getting really good discounts on my BP Me app. Um, but uh, the heart behind that was to go and, and actually put ourselves in these situations where we can meet people and we can listen out to what God might be wanting to say and do with them. I was listening to um, Alan Scott, who was formerly from Causeway Coast Vineyard in Ireland, um, now in uh, Anaheim Vineyard. He's a pastor, and, and he was speaking on this, and he said, we don't want to just share our faith. Uh, we want to share our lives. And what he means is that it's not just this dump and run, here's the message, now see you later. He's saying that in each and every day, we are telling a story. Um, how we treat others at work, how we are on a Monday morning before we've had a coffee, how we are with our families, um, that sharing our whole lives is the most effective way of bringing transformation. Okay, so every day, if you mush it together as one word, um, it's a word meaning ordinary, standard, or regular, as in 
everyday clothing, everyday people. Um, it describes things, so it's an adjective. And God uses us everyday, ordinary people to share his love with the world. Because even Jesus' disciples, they were, they were kind of a raggedy bunch. You know, at times they were competitive, immature, violent, doubtful, slow to understand, and sleepy. The very relatable bunch. But because of their willingness, they helped change the world forever. What I want to touch on with this one, if we want to bring the good news into the everyday ordinary sphere, we need to learn how to communicate in a way that's accessible for people. Because, you know, technically you could reach or impact a lot of people by standing on the corner of the street, yelling at them with a loudspeaker. They would be impacted by that. But it's not likely to be effective because it's not accessible to people. Well, sometimes people think that they have to have this encyclopedic knowledge of the Bible to share faith with people, that they have to share every detail. Um, and that's not the case either. It's, it's, it's not an accessible way of communicating with people. Um, believe it or not, I used to play rugby in high school. Um, it was a weight-graded team. <laughs> um, and um, my coach used to say this thing, um, that when you pass the ball that you're responsible for the person who catches it. So whether they catch it or not, that's, that's actually partly your responsibility. So you don't just throw it in the general area and tell them, oh, it's your job to collect it. You've got to do everything you can to get them like, right in the breadbasket where it's easy to catch. Um, and that's what this is like when we're trying to make the good news accessible for people. Part of it's our responsibility to carry it in a way where they can reach it. That's why when we come together on a Sunday, we do the best to explain what's going on here. Um, because if you're new to church, some of it can just seem strange. So we try and make that accessible. And we try to be intentional with language. You know, if someone has no grid for the Bible or um, language that's used there, saying to them, you've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, might be quite intense and might be quite confusing, um, at least without explaining it. You know, it would be much more accessible to say, look, Jesus took our wrongs, our sins, our brokenness and hurt for you and for me and for everyone, and he put them to death so that we can be fully alive. All we've got to do is trust him. It's, it's just more accessible because it's, it's a real way of talking. One, one way that it will always be accessible for people as if we simply just tell the stories of what God is up to in our lives. See, if we tell the good things that are happening for us, then people can't argue with that. And it's, it could even be as simple as when people ask you what you did with your weekend, just say, hey, I went to church, and it was awesome, if it was. <laughs> um, you know, tell them the joy about being in a community where, where people love and support you who lift you up in prayer. Tell the stories of God's faithfulness and answered prayers and about the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's about celebrating with people. Okay, so every one and every day. And we're called to share the good news everywhere too. Jesus broke it down for his disciples like this. Uh, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And it's easy to, to breeze over that list and just think he means like, okay, it's going to go to the whole world. But Jesus was in Jerusalem when he said this. And, and what he's meaning is that you can start where you are. You can start in your own backyard and go further from there. And so when we say everywhere, we go local and we go far. It's one of those both-and things. We go local and we go far. One of, the, one of the easiest ways and one of the most effective ways for our local people that you bump into is just inviting them along to church. Do you know that's a way of actually reaching out to people? Because a personal invitation is so powerful. Um, I remember one of, my, um, one of my friends who I invited to become a Christian um, when, when we were both really young. Um, he, he came to faith, and he's been one of my um, ongoing most solid friends, um, someone that I turn to for support and faith, for prayer, my go-to guy. And it's the thing that brings me the most joy, that he was able to find life with God because I invited him along. It's a powerful way of reaching out. And, and God has put us here for this. To, we can be a good inviter. Um, I, was, I was also thinking about one of the guys, um, one of the young adults uh, a couple of years ago who, who came along to our young adults group just because somebody said, hey, come, it's, it's a fun thing to do on a Tuesday. And he came along and he was curious about faith and started pretty much with zero grid for it. And over time, as those invitations kept coming, he kept coming along, and we could see this, that God at work in his life, and he eventually ended up getting baptized um, and giving his life to Jesus. That's the coolest thing. And we can be part of that just by giving an invitation to people in our local neighborhood. Look, and other things like our monthly outreach, they're easy ways just to get involved and make a difference in our community. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of come into land here because we can go near, we can go far, and I think that's another topic for another day. Um, we, we are so passionate about seeing this message go internationally and partnering in what God's doing worldwide. And you would have heard us probably talk about our connection with the vineyards in Nepal. And we're still planning that trip uh, later for this year, all going to plan. Um, and we, that's something that we really want to see happen. I know when we spoke about this whole thing of going to the world, a lot of people wrote down, a lot of you wrote down where you want to be involved. And we're still in the process of kind of turning those things into tangible handholds that you can get into. But this is something so important to us, going near and going far. Look, I am going to come into land here. But as I was praying about this morning and about what, what this moment is for us as a community, my prayer is really for, for courage and for boldness um, because it, takes, it does take boldness to offer to pray for someone. It takes courage to ask someone, you know, have you met Jesus before? But God promises that he will give us his spirit. It's, he's, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And this is what we find. We find that this, what some people call the advancing edge of the kingdom, where it's kind of, it's expanding, it's at the, it's breaking new territory, that that's where we see more of God's power. It just, it's this dynamic that he's given us these gifts to be able to bring people into this kingdom. So we see 
gifts of prophecy, of, of healing, um, of God's presence. We see them here, but we see them as well at this edge where it's advancing, where new people are hearing the good news of God's kingdom. And so if you're unsure, if you're thinking, oh man, I don't know if this is something that I'm up to, or oh, I don't know how this is going to go, my prayer for you is for courage and boldness because God will meet you in that moment when you choose to step out. Um, there's this, the funny little vineyard saying, faith is spelled R-A-S-K, um, which pushes all my buttons as a word guy. But um, it's, <laughs> the idea is true, is that if we're going to step out in faith, there's going to be an element of risk in it, but God will meet you, and he promises his spirit to give you power to do that. So I just want to ask you now, as we're coming to close, and thinking about this week ahead of you, um, who can you reach? Um, most of you are holding or are near to a yellow balloon. <laughs> and if anything from today, hopefully the image of a yellow balloon is wrecked for you forever. Because <laughs> you'll just think about reaching out and just passing on what you've got to someone else. It's what we've been called to. Um, you know, earlier we sang that song, Reckless Love, about God leaving the 99 to go for the one. That's what he's done for us. Um, but it's what we're called to do, to go out and to pursue people with God's love. Why don't we stand together, and I'd love to pray for us.